It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you solve your marketing problems and grow your e-commerce business. Cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and advice from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello and welcome to this episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I'm Chloe, the creator and host of this award-winning show, and it's my aim in all the episodes, each and every one of them, to help you find ways to improve your e-commerce business. So thank you for tuning in. Today, well, it, it feels like a very long time since we last had an author on the show. So today we are talking to an author of a brilliant book that really speaks to and will help you kind of jump on, take advantage of, um, get yourselves around some of the trends that we've seen and we've talked about on this very show over the last year, mainly around embracing your purpose and using it to improve your business and your marketing and therefore grow your sales. So we're going quite high level strategy here, but it's a, I've got a great guest lined up for you and we're talking about the contents of a brilliant book with some great examples coming through this as well. So I hope you enjoy. Before we get into that though, please do check out the sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by Klaviyo, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform for brands of all kinds and sizes. Whether you're an entrepreneur just starting out or you're part of a marketing team at a multinational brand, Klaviyo will give you everything you need to create memorable marketing moments. Building customer relationships that keep shoppers coming back time and time again. Get started with a free account today. Visit klaviyo.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O dot com slash master plan. ShipBob is a 3PL that offers fulfillment solutions for over 5,000 fast-growing online brands. With ShipBob, you can split inventory across multiple locations in the US, Canada, UK and EU to reduce shipping costs, speed up transit times and enable consistent and reliable fulfillment no matter where your customers are located. By partnering with ShipBob, e-commerce master plan listeners get $500 in free shipping credits at shipbob.com forward slash master plan. That's S-H-I-P-B bob.com forward slash masterplan. And now to introduce today's guest expert. Chip Walker is a brand, business and cultural strategist. He's a co-author of best-selling book, Activate Brand Purpose, How to Harness the Power of Movements to Transform Your Company. As head of strategy at Strawberry Frog, Chip's recognised for his expertise in brand creation and brand reinvention, working on brands as diverse as Goldman Sachs, Lexus, Jim Beam and Heineken. Hello, Chip. Hey there, thanks for having me. That's great to have you on. Um, I've given our listeners a quick overview of what, what you're up to and what you do, but how did you get into this this world of, I guess, movement marketing? Yeah, yeah, well, I, I sort of came up through the business uh, in a very that, that sort of marketing business and, uh, you know, the traditional training. I worked at a big ad agency on Madison Avenue is where I started. I worked on Procter & Gamble selling toothpaste and, you know, making TV commercials. Uh, you know, sort of the classic training around, you know, positioning was often very rational. Um, and, you know, it sort of went through as marketing changed over the years, you know, it started to become uh, more about emotional marketing and emotional branding. So you kind of went through that phase. 
Um, I started working at more and more, I think, sort of creative uh, uh, agencies. I worked at BBDO and then uh, ultimately at where I work now at Strawberry Frog. Um, and, you know, the, the industry was going through a change. It went from sort of rational positioning to emotional uh, we spent a lot of time in the early 2000s doing a lot more around sort of cultural branding and trying to create uh, iconic cultural um, um, icons. So um, my business partner, Scott Gritson, and I sort of um, had been working with this concept of thinking about higher purpose, though, and uh, brands impact not just on rational thinking or emotional thinking or even on culture, but rather its impact on the world at large, on, on society even. Um, and I think we hit on this idea uh, many years ago and started uh, pioneering this concept that we call movement marketing, which is really about taking a brand's higher purpose and activating it with a movement out in the world. Uh, it's really about getting people galvanized both inside and outside a company um, to work with the brand and support its higher mission in the world, uh, kind of because you think it's a good idea, not just because you, um, you, you simply only want to buy things for them. It's both things. You think that they are about a good idea and you would like to buy something from them. So that's kind of how we morphed over time from a more traditional look at marketing to one that's more about movements. And it's something which I think your your book, and I think actually it's, it says in, in the introduction to the book that it's incredibly good timing because something we often talk about on the podcast is how um, the pandemic and all it bought us has accelerated multiple trends, including one which we tend to call kind of emotional commerce, which I think is is what what is in some ways what you're talking about, which is consumers wanting that connection to the brands they're spending money with and the products they're buying. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I do think it's a, an emotional connection that they're looking for. But I, I feel like something though has shifted because there was a time when you know the uh, makers of detergent and dishwashing liquid and mouthwash were all trying to find some emotional benefit to key off of for your you know for your toothpaste. I think consumers have kind of moved beyond that. They, they might really like their, their toothpaste, but they don't necessarily need to have like a, a, a love affair uh, with it emotionally. <laughs> I think the kind of connection people are looking for today, uh, particularly younger people and particularly in light of the pandemic, is feeling that there's a connection with the brand's values. What it is the brand, um, you know, everyone realizes that companies and brands um, take a lot from society. They use resources. They their trucks drive on our roads, um, you know, their, their uh, shareholders become super wealthy. Well, but what are they doing for the rest of us? And that has to do with me, me as a customer. How are you helping me and my life? But it also has to do with uh, what are you doing for uh, to, to earn your place at the table here in our society? Uh, and, it, you know, we've seen companies over and over again who are making plays for some sort of an emotional connection. And then you find out they haven't paid income tax in 10 years. <laughs> at least we have that in the United States. And people at this point, people know that and they, uh, they there's a big hole in your story. So, so I think the, the stakes have just gotten raised over the past couple of three years in terms of what people expect if they're going to have that kind of an emotional connection with a company. Yeah, we've certainly seen in the in the e-commerce space the you know, a, a kind of maybe a four or five year trend of, oh, we've created a cool product, a tea, a trainer, I don't know, a coffee pot, something like that. Clearly I need, I need to drink something because two of my examples are about tea and coffee. <laughs> but, um, you know, they we've created some new product. I know what we'll do. We'll give a fiver off every sale to a charity. 
and then we can claim we're ethical, um, which worked for a while. But what you're saying is, it, is we can't do that kind of paying lip service to the idea anymore. We, it needs to be right down into the core DNA of the business. Yeah, it does. Uh, so, so, so I think uh, this whole notion of purpose washing gets um, uh, to be a problem on two fronts. One, when it's not a match to the core DNA of your business. And, you know, we could just talk about example after example. That, that's one that you just got through talking about. There are big companies who've done that. Um, you know, Gillette came out a few years ago, all saying that they're now about toxic masculinity. I don't know if you saw saw that. They made commercials about it, which seem to have nothing to do with anything they've ever. In fact, if anything, it probably kind of fights with with what mm-hmm. they've seemed to stand for in the past. So that came out of nowhere, seemed disingenuous. The other is, uh, though, when there are big holes in your purpose story. So, um, you know, purpose, I think, for consumers, what we've learned in doing a lot of research about higher purpose is that it's not simply just a why statement about why you exist in people's minds. It's the sum total of everything they kind of know about your company. And if you're Nike, for example, and you're making TV commercials that support Black Lives Matter, but people can very easily find out that you don't have any minorities represented in or hardly any in your upper management, that's like a disconnect. That's a hole in your story. So the good news about purpose and activating it through the movement is that can build a really, really strong, lasting connection with people. Having said that, there are pitfalls like the two that we just got through uh, talking about. Yeah, I guess it's it's kind of difficult for brands, isn't it? Because you could say on the Nike front that at least they're acknowledging, you know, what what they're doing with the ads is a good thing. They just haven't yet got it everywhere. So they're taking stepping stones to do it. Anyway, we're about to get into a moral maze. Yeah, no, but no, but I, I, the point you're making is a big one. In fact, I mean, I, my, my business partner, Scott, and I do a, a podcast. And I've been dying to do um, a, a, an episode on this very topic that you just brought up, which is like, you know, do you have to be perfect yeah, exactly. to, to be a purpose-driven brand? I think the answer is no. And my, my example, and it's one that um, won't resonate, I think, outside the United States, but maybe you've heard of it. There's a brand here called Chick-fil-A. Uh, it's a fast food chain. Uh, it's really tasty, incredibly tasty. It's so good. Their founder historically made a lot of anti-LGBTQ comments and tried to put in those kind of policies. Mm-hmm. He's long gone, but there's a big hangover uh, around the company of people who still want to do business with them. And, you know, I've just been asking Will we ever forgive Chick-fil-A? <laughs> I feel like the answer has got to be at some point, if they're trying their best, the answer has got to be yes. You know, I, I think you should be able to kind of move on from holes you've had in your purpose story. Well, it's certainly not a reason that Chick-fil-A should not try and be better. Yes, They, they exactly. certainly can't go, well, we'll just give up because we've got this right. history. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but what we're saying is you can redefine your purpose, but you have to actually believe in it. I suppose, is what we're saying, to take this journey into movement marketing. Yes, believe in it. It's got to be something that comes authentically from your DNA, number one. And, and I think for most uh, startups in particular, there's almost always a, a, a really cool story that, that, that is a connection to something genuine. And then you got to do something about it. You can't just have it sit there. So in the title of the book, it's all about transforming your company, how to harness the power of movements to transform your company. So I'm assuming that's both internally and externally. So on this podcast, we talk mainly about getting your marketing right. And a lot of the examples we've talked about so far have been about getting the marketing right. But is it as important to get the internal marketing systems culture 
right before you get you indulge in the marketing or can we do them both at the same time or is there is there a good way to attack this well i think some for, especially for 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 startups uh, you have no choice but to sort of get them do them both at the same time often because you you just got to you just got to get things up and running i mean in an ideal world if you had the luxury of money and time which obviously we we often don't you would uh, work inside first then outside I mean, just for, you know, logical reasons that when your employees are um, all on the same page, when they are sort of advocates for and great examples of the sort of um, purpose and, and uh, uh, you know, uh, acolytes of the movement that you're trying to lead, that, that obviously just makes everything that you do externally that much stronger. So in an ideal world, I think it's inside than outside. The truth is sometimes you have to do them together. But um, to, to what we were talking about earlier, you can get in trouble, though, when you just simply, let's say, develop purpose. Um, you have a movement that you're leading externally. You do a big marketing and ad campaign and people in your company are really not on board. You know, it's been a memo that got sent out. They have no idea what's going on. You know, obviously that can be a big problem. Customers start to interact with you and sort of say that this also just seems like advertising. Not, not something that you genuinely believe and, and uh, internalize, you know, for your employees. So it's not just a case of putting a Facebook ad out there or a TV ad out there. We have to, we have to make, no. make sure all the, all the boxes are put together. And that's kind of why we said transform your company. Um, you know, so many, well, one of the reasons we wrote the book is in the past two to three years, I'd say starting about 2018, what we saw was that a lot of clients and companies were coming to us saying, Purpose matters to us. Our people uh, want to know what, what do we believe in? What are we for? We've had a consultant come in. We developed a purpose. We didn't know what to do with it. Uh, then we had a different consultant come in. We developed purpose. We didn't know what to do with it. Um, and, um, you know, they were all in search of transformation, transformation of their culture. Uh, transformation of their business to to you know move either to into a new category or just to a higher le- higher level of performance um, and then you know we just we felt that we were onto something with this notion of adopting a higher purpose inside and out activating it with a movement and that um, you know it could be bigger than just a campaign it could be actually transformative for the whole business so where where do we start you know somebody comes to you in that scenario they're like well, we know what our purpose is we've got our our team and our culture maybe are okay. We think they're okay. <laughs> we may yet discover mm-hmm. some cracks. How do we how do we start making that change to the customer's perception of us? Maybe it would help to just give you maybe a concrete example. This is funny because we're doing this very thing right now with a company called Afterpay. I don't know if you know them, but they're a e-commerce uh, buy now pay later. So, uh, but I, I won't use them uh, as an example since we're sort of in the middle of things. But um, Maybe an example I often use because it's just kind of easy to understand uh, is actually from banking, which I know might seem like an odd um, category for um, purpose and uh, movement. But um, so uh, a very large bank in the United States came to us in around 2015. Um, You know, we were several years after the Great Recession um, and they had developed a purpose that they were uh, that they liked a lot. It was called lighting the way to financial well-being is what it was called. And and I think they thought, you know, people sort of got it internally, um, but I don't know. It just seemed like it wasn't going anyplace very dynamic or exciting or any place transformative. Uh, and they came to us to sort of ask for our help. 
So, um, you know, purpose is by its nature often very lofty. If it's going to sound inspiring, sometimes it means that you don't necessarily know exactly what to do when you hear it. Uh, you might feel great about it, but like, but, but, but what's next? And so we put purpose, as I said, through the lens of a movement. Uh, and we do that because the principles of social movement, uh, movement, successful ones, we think have the um, ability to make purpose a lot easier to know what to do with. Uh, I often say, you know, people can't join a purpose, but they can join a movement inspired by a purpose. So that's exactly what we did with SunTrust. Lighting the way to financial well-being, lovely, lovely thought, a great aspiration. But what does it mean in everyday life for people if we're going to actually activate it, as you were, were asking about? So I, I think what we started to realize is that even though we were several years out in 2015 from the Great Recession, what we saw is that many, many, if not most people were still having a significant financial stress and anxiety. Uh, the recovery didn't happen evenly for everyone. It seemed to happen at least early on, only for a few people, leaving everyone else still struggling and very much financially stressed. So we thought, well, what if we, what if, you know, movements tend to have an enemy that a change they want to see in the world and an enemy that they're railing against. And, and in our case, we said the change we'd like to see is to get people out of stress railing against this horrible financial stress people are having. And the stand we wanted to take was, could we be the company that helped make people financially competent again? And so that kind of became uh, the movement uh, that, we, um, that we crafted for SunTrust. Uh, we called the movement for shorthand uh, On Up, which stands for Onwards and Upwards, but it was really a movement against financial stress and for making people more financially competent. So all of a sudden, when you start to think about lighting the way to financial well-being, okay, if I'm a teller, I don't necessarily know what to do. But if I say to you, we're going to do things to help make customers more financially competent, all of a sudden, you can start to imagine, okay, well, there are several things I can think of that I could do. There are programs that we have. There are products that we have. There are tools. Um, and of course, um, it, it, we did start this internally. I mean, they had okay um, employee engagement. But uh, we started this program called Momentum on, on Up, which was starting making our own employees more financially confident. And it was a really sweeping program of really cool, interesting financial education that employees all went through. Massive success, really up their retention rates and engagement rates with, uh, with employees. It was so successful that um, customers of the bank started asking for the program to be able to give to their own employees. Wow. So we then we then rolled that out to a bunch of clients like um, Home Depot and Delta Airlines, uh, et cetera. And it was only after that that we turned it into an external marketing campaign uh, called Competence Starts Here. And uh, I mean, that and that was, you know, as you mentioned, for a financial uh, institution was in a lot of the channels you would expect, many, many digital channels, but even some mass channels like outdoor and um, and television and that that kind of stuff. Um, but um, anyway, it's just an example that kind of shows you can take purpose that is pretty good but lofty and engagement that may be okay and really, I think, transform it by using movement thinking. Excellent. I, I love that example, especially because it makes it so clear that our purpose may well stand for 10 or 20 or 30 years, but the movements that operate around it could change. So we might be 
using one or two movements at the same time, or we might have a movement that lasts for five years or one that only lasts for six months, I suppose. Am I getting... Am I taking it right from that chip or is that? Yes. Well, I know listen, sometimes movements last for decades, like the, the women's movement and um, et cetera. Sometimes they're shorter lived, like the marriage equality movement here in the U.S. because we achieved it. Um, so, so movements, but, but, but you're right. The purpose ostensibly lasts maybe forever, but at least for a long time. Movements uh, tend to be more timely and because they, they operate in culture. Now, SunTrust, uh, they ended up just a year or so ago merging with another bank to become actually one of the largest banks in the country. Um, so they have a new brand name and we're off on a different uh, journey with them. But I'm guessing that um, had SunTrust remained the SunTrust brand, given COVID and everything, we would probably be revisiting the, the on-up movement right now just because the, the atmosphere has changed. Yeah, well, the, the 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 culture we're living in, the 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 situation everyone's in has adapted. So I guess, yeah. how does one go about working out which movement to work with? Does it come internally, like the uh, the SunTrust example there, or is it an external one, like um, Nike and Black Lives Matter, or does it matter? Well, I, I, I can just tell you the way that we work and sort of what we believe is that we feel like the, the movement that you need to um, help lead needs to happen at the intersection of something important that you do as a company or a business and something that's important and needed out in the world, a change that you want to see. Because um, I think the problem is, is when you don't do that, um, and you just so so one of the issues I think Nike has dealt with, and and I think mostly successfully, though, is like, what does that have to do with their business? Uh, I, I think you can make an argument that it does, but it's a, it's a, it's not as direct a connection as you see with some companies, like with like with SunTrust. When you there's so many issues and problems in the world that are important. Um, I mean, we've never found that we can't find one that is not only important to your business, but also important to your customers and to the world. So we really look for that intersection. E-commerce master plan is supported by some of the greatest companies in the e-commerce sector. Here's a reminder of who they are. Success in 2021 means building stronger relationships with your customers. Last year saw a lot of consumers switching to buy online, leading to surges in new customer acquisition. So how are you planning on turning your new first-time buyers into profitable repeat customers? Well, that's what Clavio is for. Clavio helps businesses create memorable marketing moments through email, SMS and personalised website experiences. And that is what creates repeat purchases. That's why Clavio, the ultimate e-commerce marketing platform, platform is used by over 50,000 e-commerce brands around the world. Get started with your free account today. Visit clavio.com slash masterplan. That's K-L-A-V-I-Y-O.com slash masterplan. Are you struggling to keep up with growing order volumes, leading to mispicks and slow dispatch times? Save time, money and headaches by outsourcing it all to the experts at ShipBob. ShipBob is a premium 3PL who partner with thousands of brands in a wide range of industries and have a 99.95% accuracy rate in fulfilling orders on time. Optimise your fulfilment strategy with ShipBob and get $500 in free shipping credits. Find out more at shipbob.com forward slash master plan. It's time for the top tips round. 
Okay, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. So Chip, are you ready for the top tips? I, I am ready. Let's go. Okay, first up then, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which book would you recommend? And of course, they should read your book, but what other book would you would you recommend to them? Okay, there's a book that I just got through reading. It's called The War of Art. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's sort of a play on the art of war, that famous um, that famous book, but it's called The, the War of Art. Um, and uh, you can look it up on Amazon. It's really a book that's about how do you deal with creative blockages? Uh, you know, our creative thinking, especially if we're doing a startup or, or really for, for anything, our creative thinking in business is really what propels us forward. But as we all know, there's so many things that can get in the way from procrastination to um, uh, COVID-induced uh, 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 lethargy. I mean, the, there's the, the list goes on and on and on. And it's just a very short read and inspiring read about how to break through some of them that I, I just found really practically helpful. So it's a, a cool book worth reading. I can see that fitting very well with everything we've been talking around around movements and purpose, because a lot of that requires some creative thinking and you can just get totally blocked. So uh, it's a nice, yeah. uh, nice synergy there. Okay, the traffic top tip. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? Yes, my, in my view, particularly for a business like ours, because you know we're we're a you know small to mid-sized um, uh, creative branding agency. Um, the unsung hero is email, and I know it's not sexy. I know it's been around for a long time. I know supposedly Gen Z claims they don't get email, but I, I don't care. We see results with opt-in email. Um, so having a, a really stellar opt-in email list, we just find has um, return like, like nothing else. Oh, such a fan of email. So oh, any time anyone mentions email as the traffic top tip, it's, I'm totally speaking to me. Uh, okay, the tool top tip, maybe a collaboration tool, a social media plugin, a phone app, or just a way of working. Is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day? There are actually two. Uh, one has to do with email and the other has to do with photos that uh, I post. But um, so what is the key for both blog posts and um, email? It is uh, a headline or, or subject line for an email headline for a, for a blog post uh, makes all the difference in the world. We all know it. Uh, and there's a um, company called CoScheduler and they have a product called Headline Analyzer. You basically type in your headline and uh, they have kind of an algorithm that's um, very effective that scores your headline on its likelihood for getting clicked on. Uh, and I, I've just found when I do a post or an email headline with a very high score, score on CoScheduler Headline Analyzer, it does dramatically better. So I know that's super tactical, but it's, you know, headlines are also really important. The other really cool one it's um, a website called Photo Feeler, P-H-O-T-O-F-E-E-L-E-R. And basically what it is, you go on and you see people's um, headshots. And it can either be for personal or dating or for business. Um, and if you agree to rate a certain number of uh, people, I think it's five or so, uh, on a, a few criteria, you can get your own rated. Uh, and I've just found it's really, really helped me figure out which photos 
um, work better uh, or work worse, and, and for reasons that I was not expecting. Um, so those, those two, I, I find, are, are just two helpful sort of tactical tools. Oh, I love, I love those two. I will be going and checking those out immediately. Um, okay, Chip, the growth top tip. If you met someone today who's focused on growing their e-commerce business from 100 orders per month to 1,000, what would be your number one tip for them? Okay, so I went really, really tactical on the last thing. I'm going to go higher order on this one because I, I feel like the uh, the leader of an average e-commerce business knows enough about their own CRM-like um, situation not to need any input from me. But I do feel like finding and activating purpose, um, it's not just a nice-to-do as a, uh, a higher order strategic uh, concept or whatever, it can have a massive Im- influence on your actual bottom line and business. Why? It gets all the pieces and parts of your your business, all your people um, working uh, under the same vision, the same direction, um, mo- moving the same way. Um, it can help tell you what parts of your business may seem um, uh, extraneous to the core. What should you focus on? Uh, and, and happy, most important. So, so I think for those reasons, it's uh, finding an activating purpose isn't just, as I said, a nice to do. It's something that can actually drive your business. I love it. Yes. We have to, if we want to make those kind of leaps in growth, we've got to understand what we're actually trying to achieve, where we're actually trying to go. Well, look, Chip, it's yeah. been great chatting to you about all of this, but it's almost time to go, which means it's time for you to let the listeners know where they can find out more about you and your business, please. Sure, sure. Well, if you'd like to know more about Strawberry Frog, uh, our, our company, uh, the, whose philosophy is really, you know, the same as our, our books, which is about activating purpose through movements, you can visit our website at uh, strawberryfrogoneword.com. If you'd like to know more about our book, um, have a look at the book's website. It's just uh, simple, activatebrandpurposeoneword.com. So either of those two um, will tell you more uh, about this uh, sort of purpose activation topic. Excellent. Thank you, Chip. And you mentioned the uh, the podcast that, that you do as well. Do you want to give that one a name check too? Sure. It's called Purpose Planet. It's available on iTunes. It's uh, done in conjunction with us at Strawberry Frog, my business partner, Scott Goodson and I, and Inc. Magazine. That's INC Magazine. But uh, if you just uh, Purpose Planet, if you um, search it on the uh, I, uh, the um, App Store for um, Apple, you will uh, you will see it and hopefully you guys can uh, have a listen. Excellent. And we'll all be listening out for the episode where you're talking about um, about what we mentioned earlier around can and you know, will we ever forgive chicken fillet basically we'll listen out for that one when it hits the airwaves um chip thanks so much for being on like i said it's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you and uh, and i hope we've inspired some people to take their marketing to the next level and get really clear on their purpose thanks so much chloe it's been a pleasure Some really fascinating ideas and some kind of clear next steps there from Chip as well around how to embrace that idea of movement marketing with our business. And I think hopefully to to make some of you feel a little less worried about what can sometimes be seen as jumping on the bandwagon. If you're doing it right, if it aligns with your purpose, there's a lot of opportunity to be taken there. Now, a couple of stats I didn't manage to weave into the interview. One is that more than 87% of consumers would purchase a product because a company advocated for an issue they cared about. That's 80% of customers will purchase because a company advocated about the issue they cared about. 
And slightly more worryingly, uh, more than two thirds would refuse to buy from a company that supports an issue contrary to their beliefs. So it's really important to make sure you're, you're choosing the ones that resonate with your purpose. So you're attracting the right consumers to you. Now you can get access to Chip's book by heading to Amazon and it's called, just to remind you, um, Activate Brand Purpose, How to Harness the Power of Movements to Transform Your Company. You can also get details of that, as he said, at the website, activatebrandpurpose.com. You can get our notes from today's show, including those top tips and links to everything else we've mentioned by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast. There you can also add yourself to our email list so you don't miss out on any of the other things I share to help you improve your business. Thank you for tuning into this one and every episode of the e-commerce master plan podcast. I bring you a new interview each week because I want to inspire and help as many e-commerce business owners as possible to succeed and thrive with their business. So please do tell the other e-commerce business owners, you know, because I'd love to help them too. Also, I am currently on the lookout for more guests for the show. So if you've got a really interesting business or you've been up to something cool and you want to share that story of how you've been doing what you're doing in the business please head to ecommercemasterplan.com where you'll find, if you go to the contact section, a list to a link to um, apply to be on the podcast. Because I really love having those of you who listen on as guests. So if you want to be one of our guests, please, now is the time to apply. Have a great week and don't forget to keep optimising. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com slash podcast.